then you'll be able to get a good fee for whatever it is. So uh, don't, don't worry too much. Uh, that's uh, the, everybody's, uh, somebody's interested in everything. And anything you can be interested in, you'll find others will. But it's absolutely stupid to spend your time doing things you don't like. Hello, and welcome back to Our Manifestation Journey. I am your host today. My name is Mickey. I normally host this podcast with my sister, Sam. Uh, we are two sisters who live together with our husbands and children and who document our play with the law of attraction. So welcome back to the show. Um, I did record this episode with our guest, Erin Browning and Sam, uh, when she was here before she was in Australia, promoting her signature tour for her company, Host to Host. Um she should actually be home in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. Um, but until then, I'm here to hold down the fo- fort with OMJ um, intro- and to introduce you to this really, uh, I don't even know the word to use for this conversation, deep, real, um, treasured. It's a very treasured conversation. Um, so let me introduce you to Aaron Browning. Uh, in Erin's early adulthood, her career was thriving, working in healthcare as a master's educated speech pathologist while traveling for more than a decade, developing seminars for medical professionals and the nation's educators on the topics of differently wired brains, aging and dementia, autism, ADHD, and anxiety. She thought that this was her life's work, but things got personal. Chaos of life came about and as it always does when we are leaning in and living a caring life. Suddenly something was missing from this work. She was leaving out the piece that allowed her to stay steady enough to show up and make an impact. Knowing exactly how to care for herself made all of the difference. Now she's incredibly excited to work with you individually and guide you through a personalized process that brings you back into balance after life turns into chaos. She believes fully in living your life to its fullest, in the wisdom of holistic healing through Ayurveda, and in working with the nervous system from the bottom up to help you live your most joyful life. Uh, Aaron reached out to us actually after my miscarriage episode. Um, she had found our podcast through listening to our episode with Makosi and then, uh, kept listening and heard my, our episode on my miscarriage, um, and how grief in the manifestation world isn't talked about a whole lot. Um, it's all about kind of what to manifest and like how to, you know, manifest A, B, and C into your life. But, um, this area of what to do when grief strikes, because grief is such an intense emotion, um, and how to handle that. Um, and so I'm not going to tell you Aaron's story. I think she should be the one to, to deliver that. Um, but what I will say is Aaron's been through a lot. Um, she is incredibly brave. Uh, and I say this multiple times in the show, but I just admire her so deeply uh, for how far she's come uh, in, in a very short period of time, uh, considering what what happened to her. Um, yeah, it's a very, very inspiring episode. If you are experiencing any type of chaos or grief in your life, whether it be losing a person, losing a job, um, I believe, or, you know, I'm sure there's much more, uh, losing a sense of self. I don't know. There's many more definitions of grief that you could use, but I just think that this episode can definitely help you. 
Um, you know, Erin's just been on such a roller coaster ride and, you know, she was so kind and so vulnerable and so open to share this story with Sam and I in order to ideally, hopefully inspire you. Um, and if you want to take it a step further to help you. So I'm going to link all of Erin's um, resources in the show notes so you can reach out to her. And if you feel like she's someone that you would like to work with, I know that she could help you if you believe that you need that extra bit of support. Um, but yeah, she's, she's just such a beautiful soul and it just, it was an absolute honor to have her on this episode. So, um, I really, really hope you enjoy it. If you have any takeaways or things that you loved about it, please, uh, send us a message or tag us on Instagram, or, uh, you can comment in our OMJ Facebook community. There's a lot of ways you can get a hold of us. Um, if it's something that really resonated with you and, um, yeah, send Aaron a message. Cause I know she would love to hear from you. Um, yeah. So I, I really, really hope that you enjoy this episode. There's, there are some themes that, uh, are a little bit heavy. Um, but she, she describes everything in such a beautiful light and loving way. Um, like I said, she's such a brave, such a brave soul and such a beautiful example of what it means to be a light worker. So if anyone is to tell this story, um, Erin is, you know, definitely uniquely qualified. She's incredible. Um, yeah, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here's our conversation with the amazing Erin Browning. You, yes, you. We heard you. Did you just talk to your phone while listening to this episode? Yeah, we hear that a lot. So we've decided to do something about it. You are formally invited to join the official OMJ community, a place where you can meet up with other OMJ listeners to talk about the latest episode, celebrate what you are manifesting, ask questions, and engage with other woo-woo enthusiasts. Mickey and I realize we have each other to bounce all these juicy ideas about the universe, vibration, law of attraction, aha moments, and so much more, which adds to our increasing momentum. And we want that for you too. Apply to the private group on Facebook today by answering a few short questions and surround yourself with like-minded individuals who want to manifest their dream lives too. In this free group, you will also get first access to our private events, including our monthly online container called OMJ Engagements. Here we will host group coaching calls, guest speaker events, and whatever we feel inspired to support you with that month. We are ready to take our relationship to the next level. Come join us and our listeners in the amazing OMJ community. We can't wait to see you in there. And now back to the show. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the show. We're so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad to be here with you. I'm just so, I just think I love the, how these, these divine synchronicities happen, you know, how like we just kind of met each other sort of through DMs, I guess, right. You just sent us a message after listening to our episode with Makosi and, um, we've actually had quite a few people reach out from that episode, which is really fun. Cause I mean, she's just a beacon for all people. She's amazing. Um, but, uh, I love this, this idea because you reached out to us and you started, talking about this idea of grief and how it's not explored a whole lot 
in manifestation circles and you're like, we need to talk about this. And I was like, I love this idea. Like we love anything that's any type of expander on our, on our show, anything that people potentially might not be talking about, or it's like too taboo or whatever. We're like, bring it on. Like, let's do it. So we're so excited to have you here. And I would love to just sort of give you the floor and um, let's talk about it. Let's Let's talk about your story. Yeah. Let's Yeah. Let's hear your story. That's a good place to start. Yeah. 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 So, so my story (laughs) is a a wild one. Um, so I had, um, a very different life a, a year and five months ago than I have today. Um, and so a year and five months ago, I was in a partnership with a man. Um, his name was Dave and I have a stepson, um, Connor, who is now 17. And we had like this lovely home together. We were living in rural West Virginia. Um, I had like a fairly normal run of the mill, like stepmoming life. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful for it. I had been through a yucky divorce and then um, like found Dave really quickly. And we had, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful partnership. And, So after six years of that life together, uh, he and I um, had a normal evening. We went and ate Mexican food, um, and we'll talk about this later, but in hindsight, it wasn't quite so normal. We went and ate Mexican food. We had margaritas. We came home. We had watched television. We had conversation, snuggled on the couch. Um, And he went to bed a little bit earlier than I did. Um, and then I came to bed and we woke up, he woke up when I came in and we said our, I love yous and good nights. And he said, you know, I'm just not feeling really well still. And, um, so if I can't be comfortable, I'm, I don't want to keep you awake and I'm going to go to the couch if I can't get comfortable. And I said, okay. And about 45 minutes later, I heard a loud noise. And, um, so I immediately woke up and I went into our living room and, um, kind of like looked around over the couch and it looked as if he was just lying on the couch. Maybe like he was set propped up watching television, but the TV wasn't on. And I had this just quick moment of something's drastically wrong. And I went over and he took his last breath, like last gasp. Um, And um, so, you know, I, I had my hands on his face and I'm screaming, what is happening? What, you know, what Dave, Dave, Dave. And I realized, I recognized the signs that he was dying, you know, or had died. Um, so I ran and I got my phone and called 911, um, and then initiated CPR, um, wow. and did like the actual technical things you're supposed to do. But mm-hmm. I knew from that instant that he was not coming back. Like I, I just intuitively knew this was not going to work mm. the best I knew to do. Um, and so like within 15 minutes, I went from having like this normal life to a sudden heart attack that they call a widow maker. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that term before. Yeah. Yeah. There's an actual valve in the heart called the widow maker valve. Yeah. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's probably a better name for it, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, yeah, it's like medical name, but it's very yeah. rare that people actually like survive this type of heart attack, even with CPR, even with all of these things. So in this 15 minute increment of time, I thought, what the fuck has happened to my life? Yeah. Yeah. 
And so when we talk about that and manifestation, like I have been in a fight with manifestation, especially early on, because I was like, I did not manifest this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I did not manifest this. I did not manifest this man dying. I did not manifest living, losing the love of my life. Right. So I've been in this battle for a year and five months with like, how does something I believed to be true? Mm. How does all this like intermingle? Yeah. Right? yeah. Um. So it's interesting, and there's a big juxtaposition of I don't believe necessarily that I manifested his death. Like I don't think I'm powerful enough to right. do that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. That, that would be like some supernatural shit happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what I do know so clearly, and if you had talked to me like four months into this grief, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to say this, but I clearly know that the way I show up in the world and the way I bring my voice to the table and the way that I look at this situation and take action on this situation is Uh manifesting my now and my future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. I love this idea when you, when you were talking about, you know, (laughs) I didn't manifest his death. Right. And I mean, we were talking about this. I think you reached out after the miscarriage episode um, because it's such a taboo sort of topic. Right. And we were talking, we were playing with that question. Like we were like, did I manifest the death of this like little soul? Did I manifest this miscarriage? And, you know, there's this part of me that's like, maybe, but I think it's more, I manifested the experience because I am, I guess I am, I have a certain perspective. I have the certain skills. I have the certain um, demeanor, the certain setup in order to help other people, maybe with this type of grief, this type of experience. So I believe that I'm meant to experience it so that I can help others, right? So that, because I guess I have a unique skill set that makes me qualified to do that. I don't know. That's kind of like where I got to quite quickly, honestly, um, after even during the miscarriage, I was like, it's a bigger picture. It's bigger than me. It's a bigger picture. Um, it's not at all the same in, in terms of like comparing levels of grief, I would say. Like, I don't know if I would react that quickly if Mason had a widowmaker heart attack. Like, I don't think it would, I think it would take a lot more time <laughs> for me to get to that place. Um, but I do believe that it is all of its bigger picture that we can't, we can't understand. Um, and maybe you will eventually in life, maybe you never will, but, um, I would love to hear like a little bit about how you've turned your story into, um, a way to help people, right? Because you specialize in helping people deal with, like large amounts of stress, right? And grief being one of them. I, I kind of want to, if we can go a step back, actually, it's like, what did you do in that grief process to survive this? Like, what did you do? Yeah. So what I did in this grief process to survive this, this is a really interesting uh, concept. So number one, I allowed myself honestly, to like feel the the dark parts more mm-hmm. than I ever probably had in my entire life. Like yeah. I really allowed that to be, to be instead mm-hmm. of, oh, this is the thing and here's the bigger picture. Right. So I had to set with it 
for a bit longer mm-hmm. um, and allowed myself like in my physical body to um, to experience those shadow pieces. Yeah. Um, also, I think that like a saving grace for me was that I realized that I had a real deep intuition um, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, given like the, the work you guys do and this, you wouldn't be doing this podcast if you didn't have that as well. Right. So not all of the world operates from that space, but I think the ones who are here listening to this opera, I mean, there's a big piece of your intuition and manifestation that go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. And so what I realized um, was that my intuition was spot on. There were moments that night leading up to Dave's death where I think we both clearly knew he was dying. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. We had huge conversations that would not have been had otherwise. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Okay. One of those was, so his son was on a vacation with his mom and they were visiting the grandparents. And um, at that point, his grandfather was quite ill and we didn't know like the severity of the situation. And Dave was like tearful and talking to me. And he said, when this kid comes back from Florida, I'm just going to rely on you to teach him about death. And I was like, what? And he said, you know, his grandfather's got cancer and he's so sick and da da da. He said, and I don't know that I can articulate to him that death Mm -hmm. is not about the estate. It is not about the money. It is not about like you're losing this person forever. So we have this conversation with this like six foot four Marine tearfully telling me he's relying on me to teach his son about death. And then within six hours, he dies. Wow. Wow. So. So number one, I I quickly realized my intuition was mm-hmm. spot on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had one other conversation, um, and this actually is like, I never thought about this in terms of, you know, um, just the bigger picture piece, but mm-hmm. Dave was teaching me that. The night he died, um, like the last real moment of conversation we had, we sat on the couch and he said to me, um, you know, I need you to listen to me. You have to stop trying to fix shit. I'm like what? And he was like, Aaron, I'm a grown man. If I can't find the ski socks I want, that is not your responsibility. <laughs> if Connor forgets his lunch, he is 16 years old. That is not your responsibility. Quit trying to fix everything. Right. And I was wow. like, okay. Um, and then not 10 minutes later, he kind of squeezed my leg. Um, as we were sitting there and I looked at him and I said, are you okay? And he said, my God, woman, quit trying to fix things that, that don't need fixed. You're just looking for something mm-hmm. like you're constantly looking for that. And he said, and even if I wasn't okay, some shit's just not yours to fix. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I look at that all the time, this unfixable concept. And I'm like, he was teaching me the bigger picture. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I feel like, wow. I feel like I need to sit with that. I'm sure that you have sat with that for like a long time, but like, that's very powerful. That message that he sent you. It is. And so like, kind of to circle back to your question of what did you do to get through this? It was like, that's my intuition. Mm-hmm. Realize there are many, many things, if not all things, somewhat out of my control. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But also, like, how do we, like, continue to move forward in love with action? Like, because you can't yeah. just let it all go. I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> it doesn't feel but good. That's not the life I want to live, right? Yeah. 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 So how do we, you know, continue to show up so that we can create the life that we want to live um, day after day after day? So those were like the big picture pieces of how I survived it on a, like on a micro level, the way I survived it was I took a whole lot of long walks, mm-hmm. like long drudging walks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could have, it was like zero degrees out and I'm still out walking <laughs> in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to do it every single day. I took a lot of hot baths. Sometimes I would bathe like twice a day and call my mama on the phone and cry in a bathtub. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so those were a couple of things. I really just had to like simplify every single, every single thing. Yeah. Like, dial it back. Um, wow. To the simplest form of like, I even hate the buzzword self care. Yeah. But, like, just the simplest way of existence, right? That's yeah. what I, that's how I survived that. Um, well, and I let my intuition guide me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you no, know, sorry. go ahead. I want to hear what you're going to say. Yeah. I just let my intuition guide me of like, you know, so it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm going to eat chicken soup today. It was like, oh, I haven't eaten in two days and I'm going to eat a piece of pepperoni pizza, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Or survival. um, Yeah. And, you know, like probably six weeks after he died, I had this real strong pull that I wanted to that my nervous system needed cleared. Mm-hmm. So I called a girlfriend and said, I need you to come with me to the river tomorrow. This was in January. And we went to a frozen river there. It was literally like icy in spots. And I took off all my clothes wow. and jumped in a frozen river. Wow. So you Wim Hof it. Yeah. That's Wim Hof. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> I mean, Wim Hof in like maybe a little bit of a less controlled environment. <laughs> you didn't work your way up to it. He would be like, I think you should start with like a cold bath. You're wow. like, no, I'm going How for did it. you feel after that? Um, it was the first time that I felt um, lighter. Mm, so like, wow. there was almost this sense in my body. Um, it felt like fuzzy and heavy in my body, if that makes any yes, sense. Every does. freaking axon and dendrite and neural connection was just, um, it was not, they weren't firing properly. They, it was fuzzy. Right. And as soon as that cold dip was over and we also had a fire and we danced in the wow. cold. And, this sounds uh, like a kick-ass girlfriend that you have. Like I, whoever oh, she is, like she's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. She brought the fire. She bought, brought off. I showed up with flip-flops and a towel. This <laughs> <laughs> <is> amazing. Wow. <laughs> and she did all the things. She had like down blankets and she took like such loving, good care of me. Mm, in that day and then we came home and I actually that was the the end of that day was the first time I had cooked a meal since day so I like I cooked food for the two of us I made you know a beautiful breakfast because we went at sunrise Mm. and and we watched Taylor Swift um on (laughs) the Mm. Disney channel yeah awesome (laughs) like just had 
a girlfriend day like you don't often get to have and you guys are younger than I am but by the time you're 42 you don't get those same girlfriend days very often Mm -hmm. so that was it it was like let's just strip it down and trust my intuition and if it seems radical freaking do it yeah yes yeah wow I love it so much it's it's such a I want to just say like all of this work clearly that you've like I think some of the precursor work that you were doing before this event, but also, you know, that, that trusting that intuition or the long walks or all of the things that really they tell us to do that. That's that form of self-care. It is a testament because like, look where you are and it hasn't been that long. Like you're functioning at like a very human, I mean, it appears that way. You're, um, but you're, you have a smile on your face. You're laughing. Yeah. Like, you, like, you know, like you, you've got the light still in your eyes and it's, it's really remarkable. Like to see you tell that story. And, you know, if it had happened 10 years ago, I feel like this would be what I would sort of maybe start to expect from you. But I feel like a year and a half ago, I'm like, holy, like that's not enough time <laughs> to yeah. deal with that. Yeah. And it ebbs and flows and it's not enough time to deal with it. Truth. Like, but there's ever, that's the thing about grief. I don't know that there's ever enough time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are days that it hits me like day one. Um, so I try, like my life is so different now. You know, we talked a little bit about that and I said, I had this really traditional life. Um, and after Dave died, I hung in for about nine months And then I knew, like, I had a fire burning in my belly that told me two things. It was like, you have to write. You have to write and write and write. So that's a piece of my life's work right now as I'm writing. Um, And you have to go. (laughs) You've got to get out of here because it's not going to serve you. And so I got rid of all my belongings um, except what would fit in my car. And I left, I think, six boxes at my parents' house. They were kind enough to let me put some boxes in their garage of like, you know, photos and things like that. Um, And then what would fit in my Nissan Pathfinder. So (laughs) not a lot. And, uh, and I started traveling and I've gone to several different spots. I've been to the desert Southwest. I went to Oaxaca, Mexico, Mm. uh, I've been a little bit in the South with some friends and family, um, and I'm currently in New England. Um, and the so the way you see me right now is real. It is completely real. And there's also this other reality of there, like the first two weeks, probably I was here in New England. Every single morning, I would just wake up and cry. Yeah. And I could get through that, right? I could get through that and do things, but th- it was like a cycle that was just happening and happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a piece of grief that we don't we don't have a lot of space for. In right. our world. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. It's a really great way of wording that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should be creating more space for it for sure. Yeah, and and you know the thing is like when I think about the life that I want to live and focusing my thoughts, right. And my actions on that life. Um, it's one that's like really fueled by love Mm. and love and grief are just like, they go hand in hand. You don't have one without the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really powerful. So how do you, so do you feel like you are in 
the operation of love. I don't know if that was the right word to use, but like the vibration, the vibration of love. How does that show up for you? Cause you're flipping between grief and love. So what does love look like for you? Um, love, well, and this is not my quote, but the grief is just love with nowhere to go. So I absolutely believe I'm in the vibration of love. Like absolutely, like every minute of it, every tear Mm. that comes out of my face is just a testament to love. And I don't even mean like romantic love. Like that is a piece of it, right? That I had this romantic love and this beautiful partnership. Um, But really, and this has like come about in just the past couple of months is like this huge, trust that like it's all have it all has to come from like love within me and for me and for this life Mm. like every action that I take has to be so that I have a loving so that I love my life I love my life even when I'm on my knees Mm -hmm. right how are you able to um because you said that you after nine months, you decided to travel. I'm just curious how, how you were able to do that. Like, what was your, what was your plan there? Like, what, what, what was your decision? Okay. So, yeah. so this is, <laughs> that was chaos. That was the decision-making process. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I am a, my education is as a speech language pathologist. Okay. Um, so I work with people who can't communicate on a variety of levels. I work with people who can't swallow, who have voice problems, who have had strokes, um, that sort of thing. And during COVID, we started doing telehealth. So like the world kind of opened up for that um, to allow uh, practitioners to do telehealth practice, remote practice because of COVID. Right. And so we started doing that. And then that went, you know, that came back that we had to go back to in-person. And when I was leaving my job, so I only work, I've done part-time work as an SLP and part-time work um, as a breathwork practitioner and an Ayurvedic health coach for years. Um, I went to my job and I said, I'm just quitting. And they said, (laughs) what? Don't quit. Like, can't you take a sabbatical? I mean, I've worked really hard to grow a department where I was working. And they said, don't do that. And I said, well, I guess I could do, uh, you know, remote telehealth if the patients are appropriate and if they agree to it, I guess I could do that. And so that's what I've done. Wow. Um, and honestly, I've scaled way back with the breathwork and Ayurveda because it requires so much of my energy and I'm also writing. Um, right, right. So I work part-time as a speech language pathologist doing telehealth. I work with people on their voice and on their communication. Um, Hmm. And then, you know, I see a handful of clients for Ayurvedic health consultations, but that's how I was able to travel. So I did not have some, like, I didn't get a life insurance policy. Hmm. I don't have a trust fund. (laughs) There Hmm. was no reserve, really. It was literally like, this just feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. Hmm. That's part of you listening to your intuition. 100%. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm. Hello, Mickey here. I'm going to interrupt the show for a brief moment to let you in on something that I've been developing on my journey. If you've been listening for some time, you know that I've been tapping into something that I can't even explain. From my meditation practice, I used to involuntarily shake, sway, write circles on paper, and more recently receive messages from source. 
It started with free writing in my journal and has led to channeling really personal and powerful messages for those closest to me. And let me tell you, these messages have been life-changing. Yeah, I can speak to that. It was a couple of months ago when I walked into the office. Mickey was in front of her laptop and I said, Mickey, I would like a channeled message. I had watched her give several different messages to our close family and friends and even to people that she had met online. And I saw that they were life-changing and I was like, I'm ready to have one of these life-changing moments. The experience was amazing. It was about an hour long. Uh, There was a lot of tears. I had a major breakthrough. It just gave me a lot of clarity. And I knew that it wasn't coming from her because she was speaking to things that she didn't even know about. And through that, I, I came up with a new strategy, a new way of operating in my business. And from there, a whole new journey opened up for me. So yeah, they really are life-changing. Oh, thanks, Sam. The interesting thing about all of this is that you actually have this ability You do, trust me. But sometimes you get in your own way of being able to listen to your higher self, which is where I come in. With an hour session with me, I will tap into your energy, ask your higher self what you need to hear, and then deliver that message back to you. If you're someone who is seeking clarity in their life right now, you're not sure which way to turn or what to do next, these readings are for you. Sign up for a channeled message with me today at ourmanifestationjourney.com slash Mickey Channeling. That's our manifestation journey.com slash Mickey Channeling. M I C K I C H A N N E L I N G. Your higher self is calling. Will you answer? I'm ready when you are. And now back to the show. So, how do you guide people? Like, you know, your story is so powerful. So, what is it like, you know, if somebody comes to you, or even, you know, if there's somebody listening to this episode right now that is recently dealing with grief or even grief that maybe they haven't dealt with head on that's happened a while ago, what do you say to those people? Like, what's your, you know, where do they start? Where would someone start with dealing with something that's so, you know, could be seemingly crushing or, you know, traumatic. Yeah. So, um, kind of the framework that I operate in, um, and this is like a new invention for me, right. Is stability, pleasure, and joy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say the first thing you want to do, and it's not linear, but, but you have to have some stability, internal stability to get to any of these other aspects. And Mm -hmm. so, Um, that means like create some really great daily routines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you don't know what those are and you feel cloudy and fuzzy, like I did, then hire an Ayurvedic health coach such as myself or, you know, someone to help guide you for just some real basic daily routines to help keep the nervous system and the body, um, as healthy as possible, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, so that is the first piece to me is is really like looking at those daily routines and scaling it back to as basic as it needs to be. Um, I'm also a huge believer, like if you're in deep grief, 
there are many modalities to treat that, but, you know, you can do traditional therapy, you can hire a grief coach, you can join grief groups. I think it is super helpful to have support. Um, So like I did not do that in the beginning. Uh, I had a therapist, but I was very hesitant because Dave and I weren't married legally. I did not feel that I had the right to enter into any of these like widow groups. Oh, wow. Okay. So I would join them and then lurk, which isn't helpful because all I did was like stir in my head instead of (laughs) connecting, which is the point of going to a group, (laughs) not to just read what everybody else is saying and say, oh my gosh, I don't meet the criteria for this. Um, And it's interesting because once I actually like verbalize that, every widow that I have met has been like, oh my God, a piece of paper doesn't matter. Yeah, Yeah, of course. You're the connection with someone. That's what matters. You're a partner. You're completely entitled to be here. So I think gain some stability, um, establish some routines, support, whatever that may be. Um, I think those are two super helpful tips. And then the second thing that kind of came about, um, and this happened several months into my journey, was I realized I wasn't, I was like really leaning into the pain and not feeling any pleasure in my life. Right. Okay. Um, Yeah. And so I started like very actively seeking sensory experiences. So Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like. I mean, it might even be as simple as get a massage or it might be, and that's so cliche, um, go on a hike, pay attention to the smells, to the sights, to the the yeah. taste, textures, like right. everything I was doing, I started to really kind of focus in on what kind of sensory experience am I creating for myself mm. to lean into that pleasure. And right. that pleasure like extends itself in so many ways, right? Um, yeah, it's that, well, that's that highest, the highest vibration we can possibly be in is that deep feeling of presence. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is that sensory experience. What can you see, taste, smell, you know, and then ideally you get into a place of like appreciation and gratitude, which I don't know if that's like a a tall order at that time, but even if you can just call them out and recognize where you are. I mean, for me, it's like appreciation is just the recognition of the experience, right? And you're right. Like, it's just call it out, calling it out, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so how do you, what do you think about manifestation and death? Like, what is, what is your... this is the hardest so I have played with this idea a friend of mine and I have talked about this a lot I've played with this idea that um maybe somewhere on the other side of the veil right Mm -hmm. Dave and I like sat down with all the other players in the play and agreed upon this at some point somehow And in early days of grief, I was like, that is such garbage. There is no way in this world I would have ever agreed to this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, But I will say, just looking at my life structure. So I've dealt with a lot of grief in my lifetime. My dad died when I was 20. um, My 21st birthday after a couple years of an illness. So I was pretty young. I mean, not a kid, but 20. Young enough. You're still a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had a really tumultuous marriage and divorce and um, then this. So like to have those three 
pretty big losses by the age of 42. Um, I feel like I'm definitely somehow on a track of like being a grief expert. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Like the universe has designed, or I have been a co-conspirator with the universe to learn about this in my world somehow. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So in terms of like um, manifestation and death, a, I, I mean, I totally don't think we're capable of like manifesting someone else's death. No. Do you think that we are capable of manifesting the experience pre and post? Yeah. Um, and I will clearly say, I like, again, all this is hindsight and I have no evidence to support it. <laughs> um, but there was a bubble and I will say the bubble probably started about six weeks before Dave died and lasted maybe two and a half to three months after he died, where I felt like I was in this like cocoon of Mm -hmm. knowing things were shifting and changing. And it was about me, like my life was shifting and changing and I couldn't figure out why or what was going to happen. And I think that at that point, like the veils are thinned. Yeah. Yeah. That makes and a lot. Like there's something on the other side there. there there's a pull and a push, and uh, the veils are just thin. And our our experience in that, we can craft it to be whatever we need it to be. Right. So, like, we can choose to in two months, you know, the two months after death, be as miserable as anyone could be. But I will tell you, I clearly knew I was like protected by love. Mm, wow. I mean, I, and I would say it and people would be like, well, this probably isn't going to last forever. And they were correct. It it ebbs and flows, but I have somehow been able to grasp onto that the entire time. So I think that's where manifestation for me um, shows up with death is that we certainly can manifest um, what, what the experience looks like. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go. I agree with you. I think that you are an expert in grief and that this experience, yes, maybe you didn't have the, you know, power to, for him to die, but it seems like that this was a part, it's a part of your story. It's a part of your journey in order to help others. Like that's exactly what I was going to say. It just God, it feels um, it, like there's no one better qualified. Like you yes. are, you are like such a beacon. Like it's yeah. really, really incredible. Even just to sit and witness. Like I kind of wish. I know our listeners can hear you and you can hear the energy in your voice. But even to see you, like it's kind of funny. You're, you're the light, the window behind you. It's all like exposed. <laughs> like it's like this halo around you. I'm like we're so literally true. talking to an earth an angel. In, yeah, right now, like someone who is yeah. uniquely crafted and designed to teach us about grief. Yeah, and it's it's a very brave role. Yeah. Um, I don't think many souls would opt to choose it. (laughs) Like I think, well, and I was saying that about Sam, we were looking at your website and all of the things that you're offering. And I'm like, man, she's brave. Like, you know, your, 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 your pitch or the problem that you're trying to solve for people is like, get out ahead of your stress, like get out ahead of the things that are really weighing you down. I'm like, I don't think I like, it's not my calling to ask people that are like where shit's hitting the fan to like, give me a call. Like, (laughs) 
I'm not the person, you know, like I'll support you, but like, you know, I don't want you to actively seek me out. I'm like, she's such a unique soul. That's like really putting yourself out there in order to like genuinely help others. Like you are living this life experience. Mm -hmm. That's very, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? It's like not, not stressful or traumatic even, but like intense, right? Like you've been, you've gone through these very intense experiences in order to uh, expand, expand all of us. Yeah. And it's, it's admirable. Thank you. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like I think about it as you said this, and I don't even remember what you said that triggered this thought, but I often think about like my desire, like this human body desire versus my soul's desire. Yeah. Like what's real and true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny. I <laughs> I have to tell you guys, I recorded this podcast, a, a, not a, a different podcast a while back. And the man interviewing me asked me if I had a billboard, what would I write on it? Like something. Oh. Like and I said, do what you want. And he was <laughs> like, what? that's a great question and I was like right but like that's what you have to do like what your soul's desire is because if you don't do it now it's just going to eat at you forever and ever and ever um and so like I don't think my human Aaron really desires to dig into those deep places with people but it's where I have found myself over and over and over again yeah Mm-hmm. And when you find yourself in those spots over and over again, you have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's an interesting concept, like with manifestation and death and all these things, like how much are we like, how much of the desire is, are we listening to what our intuition and our soul is telling us? And how much of it is like this human ego brain? Yeah. saying This is what I desire. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. And, and it's, it's yeah. you have to practice clearing out that noise. For sure. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Okay. I have a question for you. Um, If you could like time travel and go back and talk to yourself before Dave passed away, is there anything that you would tell her about this experience with grief or anything like that you would, like any parts of wisdom that you would pass on to her? Um. You know, I think I would, I would tell her to continue to trust herself. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been so many moments where I second guess myself and I second guess, like I second guess every single little decision. And that is magnified in grief. Um, like grief brain is a thing where I'm generally like a high functioning cognitive person, <laughs> this brain just went to mush and Mm. then I started second guessing lots of decisions and like just in this mind spin that is not normally me. Mm. Um, And so I think that the advice would be, Hey, trust yourself more. Mm. You don't have to expend so much of your energy Mm. in anxiety. Mm -hmm. It does nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will not serve you no no yeah mm. yeah it doesn't serve you at all yeah so like just being able to like trust myself a bit more would be the key yeah mm-hmm. do you ever receive any signs from Dave 
Like, do you ever like see him in places? Um, you know, it's so interesting. Yes. And they were more so in the beginning. I mean, I had clear moments of smells, especially in the beginning yeah. Um, that came to me, like different smells would pop up. Um, and then, so he had gone on a camping trip just before he died and he had not cleaned up all of his camping gear. It was like in the corner of our bedroom and <laughs> I left, <laughs> yeah. I left it there for the long, like till I moved out honestly but even then there are moments where I will be out in the world and I will smell that camping gear like that campfire smell yeah so that has keenest sense um is the smell sense um Mm -hmm. in terms of signs yeah Um, yeah sorry you go ahead so I have a really interesting story um the day that I met Dave like when we met I was still married and um, we didn't start dating then, but I met him and um, I walked into a place where my ex-husband was supposed to be, but he was having an affair. So he was off with this other girl and Dave was there and I was like livid. And I'm like, ah, where's my, my husband? Da, 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 da. And Dave looked at me and he said, you know why divorce is so expensive, right? And I was like, what? And he said, that's the lead in. And I said, why? And he said, because it's worth it. It doesn't even matter. Okay. So I listened to this stupid joke and I'm like, whatever. And I just ignored it. That's awesome. I've never heard that. That's great. No, it's so dumb. It's dumb. (laughs) Just this past weekend, I went on a a meetup group. Like, do you guys know, you know, meetup on the little app. So I go on a hike with a meetup group and this a man in his 60s is there and he looks at this other woman and he says do you know why divorce is so expensive and I'm like what <laughs> and he tells that dumb joke and I'm oh like oh my god I don't even think it's a real joke this joke like we're at a summit telling this woman this ridiculous joke and I looked at him and my eyes were huge and tears welled up and I said you are an angel and I told him the situation yeah he just came over and wrapped his arms around me and hugged me and I was like oh my god Dave is here so yeah Yeah. wow that's a a great one because yeah that's not a common that's not a joke that's not a phrase people say (laughs) yeah it doesn't really make sense no it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) wow that's a very Mm. clear sign Yeah. So I do get some signs. Um, And honestly, like this, I may tear up as I talk about this. Like every time I see his son, it's like a sign. Yeah. How is his son doing? He's good. He's good. He's in high school. He lives with his mother in West Virginia, um, which, you know, is where we were so that he could be there with his son. And um, um, he's good though. He's, you know, a 17 year old kid yeah I just yeah I mean he's very fortunate to have a grief counselor as his stepmom like that worked out well for him we've always like gotten along pretty well Connor and I have always had a decent relationship like we're not you know I don't see him regularly now but we try to FaceTime and text I have learned um that it is way better to just text him like he's not really wanting to sit and talk on the phone to me. Right. <laughs> That's a teenager thing, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but we do that. And, you know, every once in a while he asks me to order him a pizza. I mean, I was like in Mexico and he's like, Hey, could you buy me a pizza? (laughs) (laughs) That's really cute. Of course I can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's really sweet. Wow. I love this. I know it's, it is. I mean, it's a hard conversation, but it's an important one and it's a refreshing one, really, in my opinion, like just to, to face the things head on that we're all so afraid of, right? Because grief, I mean, I haven't experienced any, you know, anything close to the amount of grief that you've experienced. Um, We all have our own little levels of it. Like we've lost like grandparents and things like that. Pets, right? Like things that it's hard to, um, it just, for, for me anyway, in my experience, it takes time. It takes time to kind of let it, to let it go by. I think for us, for our grief, it's been more, um, the cycle of life, the cycle of life grief versus unexpected. Where the hell did that come from? Grief. Yeah. Which is a, a whole other mountain. Our mother and our grandmother both experienced it. Yeah. Um, our grandmother lost her husband to polio, um, in England, uh, after World War II, and then lost her son and my mom's brother in a car accident when, how old was Tim? 31. <clears throat> 30, yeah. So it was like super unexpected and honestly has had a ripple effect in my mom's life, I would say, up until now. Yeah. She didn't know how to properly deal with grief. There weren't Instagram, you know, and TikToks teaching people about grief. It was just like, you know, she's in a much better place now, but I feel like she just went on this whole journey. Yeah. Um, not, not having properly dealt with her grief. And it's something I feel like people are afraid of. It's, it's like, it's a scary thing to face this head on. And like you said, like you were brave enough and, you know, trusting in that, um, in your intuition and that, that love vibration to lean into the dark places, right? Like that's not something that people volunteer to do. Yeah. Yeah. Trust their body trust themselves to survive that. Yeah. And I will say when I was 21 and my dad had just died, I did not do that. I wasn't, you know, I was not an expert in grief. I was an expert in like the bad kind of coping. Right. And I think we all find our ways of coping, whatever those may be. Um, But like at that point it was, you know, I was in college. I was like drinking and going to bars, dancing with boys and you know, yeah. just everything I could um, to occupy my mind differently. Um, and, you know, at, when I think back on that grief point in my life, um, I had no idea about manifestation, right? right. Like yeah. just was getting through it, right? Yeah. So we live in a very different world than we did like back in, you know, 2000, um, mm-hmm. where those concepts, like the concepts you all are bringing to the table are like at people's fingertips, um, yeah. where they weren't before. Right. I mean, there's, it existed, but you had to work to get that information a yeah. lot harder than you do nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it, it really is. I mean, your story is such a testament to all of that. And, like taking a polar dip in January. I love like, that you did that. I know. <laughs> such That's a great, so great. Like you're like, this is crazy. I don't care. You know, like this is something I feel called to do. So I'm going to do it. Like, I just think that it's very inspirational. You know, I, I, you know, I'd be willing to wager again. I can't speak for anybody listening in their terms of grief. And I'm sure everyone experiences grief so differently. Right. 
Um, but I can say that your story definitely brings me comfort and hope, right? Like it's something that's like, it doesn't have to be literally the end of the world, right? Like there, there's so much more life to live and you're, you are such a beautiful example of that. What can't be, you're the one left here to live. Right. (laughs) Right. I I mean, that is what I came to like pretty quickly. I mean, again, it's not a a year and a half, like quickly I came to, I'm left here to live. Right. Yeah. If I don't do that, it's waste. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, like, I guess, final pieces of advice for anyone listening that potentially is going through this? Um, I think the biggest thing that I want people to gleam, like if they seek, hear the story and have grief, um, is that there's always like actionable love. Like you can always check in and, and feel into that love space and move forward in action mm-hmm. with that love. Like that is to me, the biggest thing, it, even when it feels like you're at your darkest point, that love, it is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that sounds a little fluffy, right? Yeah. It, it might not be there in that exact moment, but there is the ability to love your life. There is a, the ability to love the people around you and to love the experiences you create and more than anything to love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and really just kind of create that loving life. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's gonna make me cry. Well, the energy of love, right? The vibration of love. It's the mm-hmm. highest there is. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. This has been such an amazing conversation. I'm I'm feel I feel really grateful. I feel like I've got a whole other um like toolkit in my my at my leisure, you know, like another part of my life that if anything really honestly if anything goes wrong I feel like in comparison right like it's all small stuff that's saying like don't slip the small stuff and it's all small stuff right um but I just I I just feel really blessed um to have been able to have this conversation with you in the light in the in through the lens of manifestation because like I said it's I don't feel like it's talked about a whole lot so I, yeah, thank you so much for reaching out to us and, mm-hmm. and opting to have this conversation and sharing your story with so much like love and light and laughter. And yeah. um, it's really admirable. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you all. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um, I hope that you enjoyed that listener. Um, if you, if you know someone that's going through something really tough, if you know someone that's going through any type of grief, um, maybe, maybe share this one with them. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to wager it would help. Um, and tag us, tag us on um, Instagram. If this is something that, um, that really resonated with you because like, we, like, yeah, we would just, we would love to hear from you. Um, as always, we wish you a life filled with joy and abundance. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. If you enjoyed what you heard, this is the point in the podcast where we would probably ask you to share it with a friend, share it on Instagram, or write a review. We would also probably ask you to check us out on Instagram at Our Manifestation Journey or our website at OurManifestationJourney.com, but we wouldn't do that. No, we wouldn't do that. No, we're not like that. So, you know, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. 
What we would love to hear is how your manifestation journey is going. Send us a DM, email, or screenshot an episode and share it if it resonated with you. And remember to tag us. We love hearing about your amazing manifestations. The music for this podcast is provided by the very talented and generous Bonus Points. And our sound engineering is crafted by the incredible William Mitchell. As always, we wish you a life full of joy and abundance, and we will see you next time on our manifestation journey.